Uh, so I have a uh, little essay I wanted to read to you guys, just sort of about what's been going on with me on Twitter. Um, and uh, I, I entitled it Why Me? And I just want to sort of <laughs> hit you guys with uh, a couple questions around uh, what's been going on with my Twitter account um, and some thoughts. It's about a thousand words and there's not really a point to it. I hope that's not a problem, June. Uh, are you ready to hear my my full diatribe complaining about why Elon didn't give me $30,000? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Alex, uh, is there anything you want to say before I start uh, whining for no reason? I just want to apologize to the audience. <laughs> uh and and in order and to hear my uh my my bellicose uh uh ramblings uh we have brought on esteemed podcaster and the host of there are no girls on the internet bridget todd how are we doing bridget i'm doing great super excited to hear those ramblings <laughs> yeah why don't you I'm get started gonna, uh yeah you know i was trying to pull up the thing and do like a parody of of cat turds very strange <laughs> tweet oh my god uh, <laughs> can you believe that whole diatribe was about tweets like it's you wouldn't think he like, worked at a coal mine yeah. yeah that's that's my favorite part it's like if you like didn't know who this guy was and like read the first like two little paragraphs you'd think like this guy just got back from war or something or yeah. like he just or like, was like elected arm. president <laughs> no sense of scale on uh at cat turd two unfortunately <laughs> Philip Buchanan is is absolutely off his goddamn rocker. Dude is such a strange creature. I, lo I love him. I love Cat Turd too. Like we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but like there's there's so many like insane right wing weirdos online and especially Twitter these days. But there's there's just something about Cat Turd that like I don't know. He fascinates me. I, I could never be mad at him. I just I'm so fascinated <laughs> by everything he says. I think that the, like, with what's going on with Cat Turd, um, like, what he said today um, is part of the reason that we wanted to uh, talk to, to Bridget about this topic. Um, because the way people are behaving on Twitter is really, really bizarre and gets so much stranger every day between the, uh, <laughs> the pedophiles and the Nazis and the... Uh, various maniacs um i got like brigaded by a bunch of nft guys who had some sort of inside joke amongst themselves that made <laughs> no sense to anybody but them i didn't even um, know those, those guys were still around i'll be honest i found no that's what that's how it started a guy was like <laughs> check out my fucking ape this is a genuine <laughs> b-a-y-c and i'm like are you serious right now you're still you're still doing this <laughs> and then a bunch of them are like Oh my God, Wack doesn't know. He doesn't get it. I was like, I don't get what. And then he, <laughs> the original guy starts retweeting me. He's got like 150,000 followers. And so there's a bunch of weirdos being like, oh, this guy doesn't get it. I'm like, what are you? You guys are the weird ones, not me. I'm not the one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Bridget, we wanted to uh, sort of talk about what you've seen, what you noticed, what your thoughts are around um, Elon's Twitter in, in July 2023. Not good is what I would yep. say in in one yep. phrase. Thumbs, <laughs> two thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, I've been on Twitter since almost the very beginning. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that Twitter was all a bed of roses before Elon Musk. It definitely had its problems. But the the difference between the pre-Musk days and the post-Musk days is very stark and very clear. Like, I got called a racial slur the other week. And I haven't been called a racial slur. It almost was sort of like, oh, this is a throwback. Like, I thought they, <laughs> I thought they got rid of these. Like, and so I definitely think it is a 
palpable change. I would say probably the biggest change for me isn't the rise in like slurs and hate speech and bots and scams. I would say that it's like the the blue check reply guy, the caliber of their replies is such that you can't even argue. Pre-Musk, people would say out-of-pocket stuff and it would be like, okay, like, I get where they're coming from. I get the framework. I get what they're... I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But now they say things that are so stupid that you can't even dunk on it. You're like, I don't even know how to engage. <laughs> and and also, like, one of the main differences that that several people have pointed out before is, like, usually, like, the, the more, like, wild and, like, hateful and insane stuff was relegated to that show more mm-hmm. button below all of the other replies. Now they're just boosted to the top. So, We're like... the very top. Yeah. So you have no choice but to see those now. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of those replies, the ones that are boosted because they have bought Twitter Blue, are just so fucking stupid. Like, I saw um, someone was talking about the um, SAG strike, and top reply, Blue Check, was like, you know, I think that what the actors and screenwriters need to do is negotiate. Everything about that, you're never going to get anywhere (laughs) if you don't negotiate. And I was like, what do you think they're doing? Like, what do you think this whole process is? Why is this, like, how is this discourse that we're being forced to see and is being boosted? How does this make anybody smarter or, like, more informed? It's just real conversation. It's it's promoting conversation. That's what it's doing. It's, we've never had so many good conversations in our life. And half of these and conversations just happen to contain slurs now. <laughs> yeah, they have to contain slurs. And it's really important that um, if you're making like a joke on Twitter, that like a bunch of guys with blue checks uh, just say the exact same thing underneath oh it. My and then God. we get to see all the people just restating the exact same joke that's already been made. Uh, Elon <laughs> Musk said something the other day that was like about George Orwell. Like George Orwell is, is based or whatever. He's based. Uh, and... And I saw a bunch of posts underneath it, which were just people then responding with the names of very famous George Orwell books, being like, uh, yeah, Animal Farm. That is the caliber. (laughs) (laughs) They're like seals clapping. Like they recognize it. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, they're, they're, um, they're stupid. Uh, I think is the thing that we've sort of noticed as time has gone on. Um, I I think that like with the labor stuff going on in the country right now with the UPS uh strike threatening strike I haven't seen the updates on that but uh with SAG and with uh, WGA Yeah, there's a lot of labor a lot of labor movement stuff going on right now in the country. Yeah, and it's like those those guys like this is the worst time possible for those guys to have a uh an increased platform because um, they get to say stuff like, why are these rich actors complaining so much? And then they get kicked to the top. Um, yeah. And, and like for, for the stuff like this, those people like kind of always existed. Mm-hmm. Like you'd always yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. see these takes, but now yeah, they're, this... they're getting boosted by, yeah, by the blue check or like Elon might reply to that and be like, interesting. Concerning. <laughs> Concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and the I think for certain populations of people, uh, I think a lot of people have left. I I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of people have left Twitter because of the 
sort of frightening levels of toxicity that exist on there now where like people are so comfortable just being like i think the jews secretly invented covid and <laughs> ben shapiro can be like i don't i i don't think that's what robert f kennedy meant when he said that i think he meant something else uh and it's 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 a real it's a real mess right now um june what have you seen uh, not as a not as a poster, but as a uh, a woman. Um, what have you seen as like a difference in the not just like timeline, but also like your replies and your DMs? I'm very curious. We've never really talked about your DMs. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'll I'll just start with the DMs because I've always had like my my DMs open, um, and I I don't typically get too many insane DMs. Surprisingly, like you'd think I would get like some of the craziest shit in my DMs, but like I, they're pretty calm. Like I've made a friend through a DM request, like s- that I met in real life, like three months ago. So like they're pretty normal um, for the most part. Um, but in terms of just like posting in general, um, ever since, cause I, I think it's coming close to a year since Elon technically started running Twitter, right? Like it was in November, was it? Of 2022. Some, some, somewhere like that. Yeah. 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 But late um, November. Yeah, late November. And the the thing that I've noticed and a lot of other trans people have noticed, which is why a lot of uh, trans people have either been really in support of Blue Sky or like uh, going over there full time, which I know several people have done that at this point. Yep. Um, but, but like the main thing is that a lot of trans hate speech is just kind of allowed now. Um, like previously, you could like you would get suspended for for using like any sort of like trans related slur like we, we i mean we we forget i or at least i i did until recently again um until it was brought to my attention that the entire reason one of the entire reasons why elon originally bought twitter was to reinstate the babylon b account because they got suspended for constantly misgendering um who was the star in Juno? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, Elliot Page. Page. Elliot Page. Yeah, they they made a post about Elliot Page, I believe, and misgendered, and they they got suspended, and they they made like a whole stink about like we're never we're not deleting our tweet, we're not we're not deleting our tweet because it's free speech, and then um, like in the court documents for like in discovery when Elon was buying Twitter that that like original court case like a text of his was revealed that he was like talking to his ex-wife or something like that about how like he should buy Twitter to reinstate the Babylon Bee. So like him buying Twitter and changing everything was, was founded on transphobia. (laughs) So you got to feel like a real piece of shit uh, (laughs) as Jordan Peterson, who also got removed from Twitter for also misgendering Elliot page. Yeah. And Elon was like, we got to do this for the Babylon B. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan yeah. Peterson's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he was brought back too, of course. He did. Yeah. I'm, and he I'm also said he would, never, he would never come back. But, <laughs> but I am glad he came back because he gave us that Chinese, oh, what what was it? Like, oh, what fun in Chinese uh, or CCP. Um, you guys the remember that? The dick sucking like, factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real dick sucking factory, the, the, the contraption factory <laughs> that he posted about. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best tweets of uh, 2023, in my opinion. Yeah. June, but, I'm um, so glad to hear you bring this up because it, like a like a thing with me is how much, I would say like tech press, even people that I respect and I like their work, just let Elon Musk get away with blatant transphobia and did not, yeah. I would say like 
did yeah. not adequately report the way that transphobia and protecting transphobia under the guise of, quote, free speech was is a big part of why he owns Twitter today. Like, that is a huge part of the story. And it's wild to me how little people engage with that when it was right there. Yeah, like it was it was always one of the main pillars of him getting the site. And, and I mean, that kind of leads into the, the insane culture war that, at least from my perspective, has kind of somewhat died down on trans people in the last couple of weeks, thankfully. But like we saw like most of the last like with, you know, like Dylan Mulvaney, um, just people losing their minds over a 10 second Instagram video of her holding a custom beer that was only made for her. Like, I don't know, just like the rabid transphobia. And, and you know, I think we, we see like, so basically my whole point was like, there's like a huge uptick in transphobia. And just the other day, I think yesterday, there was like a, a Twitter post and then Elon boosted it saying like, oh yeah, we, we've seen a lot less hate speech. And it's like, well, that's, that might be true when you don't consider like posting uh, images of trans people like, hanging themselves in trans people's replies as hate speech like because you condone that sort of thing that's what trans people see in their replies and i've seen it a lot of yeah these just the horrific n-word, images of the of, n-word trending the day after he uh yeah that's twitter and it's like well you know a lot of those people that probably wasn't hate speech they're just sort of talking about the n-word i guess i don't know like i'm sure he thinks like i'm sure he has one of those crazy uh 2011 white guy opinions that's like uh you can't say that words are off limit man like <laughs> i there were so many uh there were so many uh, uh of those motherfuckers uh i mean now it's basically all the type of guy the only type of guy you find on twitter is the one who wants to <laughs> debate the use of the n-word with you <laughs> and and i find that very strange because like this phenomena of like oh you can't like if if um, once there is bad or like if with all like I'm trying to remember exactly like with the whole recent IDubs discourse about how he would say you know like these these slurs uh, the n-word he used to say to like like the whole purpose in like the 2010s from these people is like oh you you have to like if we treat these words as like bad they'll of course always be bad so we just have to say them like I thought that was like a, such a 2010 sort of mindset but like I yeah. feel like that sort of mindset of like oh you if you can't say a slur like you not saying a slur is giving it power like we're kind of seeing that again I feel like that same discourse that we saw like a decade ago which is crazy to me I'm, I just was curious why do you think that the tech press has done has sort of fallen down on the job of of explicating the fact that like there's a very explicit transphobic mission in this particular instance oh what a good question i think it's that if they were to acknowledge that they would then have to go back and acknowledge all the times that they really failed to examine elon musk's ideologies and like things that he says in pretty like plain english critically i think that they did a lot of carrying water for this idea that Elon Musk is a genius, blah, blah, blah. And even when he told us who he was, they st I would still see things that were like, well, maybe he's just trolling. Maybe he's like the the level, the like ends that people would go to really bend over backward to defend him. I think it's really rooted in the fact that if they had to step back and be like, well, wait, I really 
allowed this person to rise to power. I really normalized a lot of what this person thinks and believes and says. Um, I didn't really ask the critical questions. I think that's really hard to, to do that kind of self-realization of your role in this person's rise to power. And so I think that it's T- tough to then go back and be like, oh, well, let's examine the role, the very clear role that he has said that transphobia has played in his desire to own Twitter. I think it's just too much. I think it's asking too much of people who have really spent a lot a lot of time looking the other way for whatever reason they had to do that. Yeah. And like, I, th- I think we all kind of remember that um, early wave when it would like Elon still was pretty recently new to owning the platform. And there was like a bunch of think pieces about like, truly what does Elon Musk believe? We don't know much about his politics. And like the next day he was like boosting uh, like race science. The times did two of those articles, two, uh, two articles that were like, that were like, what's Elon Musk's politics? It's not so clear because yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess that they, I guess they thought that like the fig leaf was that he voted for, Biden in 2020 or that he didn't vote for Trump or something. And so they were like, well, we don't really know what his politics are. (laughs) But I mean, his politics have been so, I mean, it's like, have been so like anti-union, anti-worker safety. uh, Oh, yeah. From for years and years and years. It's not been anybody's question. It's just like the new sort of social conservatism side of him has appeared in the past. I don't know. Even before he bought the, the site, it's not like it was any mystery. Um, oh, absolutely. But still, they were providing cover for him, which to me is baffling and infuriating. And um, the person who was c- doing the, that reporting, whose name escapes me at the time, at the moment, does not have a Twitter account, so I can't even yell at him about him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's horrible. If we can't yell at people, like, what's the point? What's the point anymore? This is, I mean, just going off of what Bridget said about, like, <clears throat> trying to cover up their own sort of past malpractice. The um, this is an issue with a lot of different kinds of journalists pretending as if being a billionaire is an apolitical position one is in. Uh, you have a billion dollars, but that doesn't define you as a person. We have to know what's in your heart. <laughs> and it's like this really sort of Protestant view of like the human mind and soul. And it's like, well, sure, Jeff Bezos may appear to be a blood-sucking maniac, but did you know he actually <laughs> keeps orchids or whatever? And it's like, I, I don't care, actually. Um, like, and And... This is just, I just listened to uh, the dollop episode about Richard Jewell. Um, and it's like 30 years ago, but it's still just that the FBI media. Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the bombing. The guy who the, is uh, wrongly the, accused of the Atlantic uh, Olympic bombing. Olympics. Yeah, the Atlanta Olympics bombing. Yeah, and it's like just the media immediately being like, look at this dumb fat guy. I bet he did it. He's probably gay, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is like I mean they're basic they're still doing the same thing they've changed exactly nothing in the past 30 years and the in, in a lot of ways it gets worse as as we have like tech journalists podcast journalists uh, 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 uh social media journalists who are all their only sources are the weirdest freaks alive and so their reporting sounds like something a weird freak would say and then <laughs> They have to, and then the journalist's job is to be like, this guy is actually crazy how normal this guy is. <laughs> um, and it, it's just, we keep seeing it over and over again. We keep seeing this, this, this like sweeping under the rug of like what 
tech billionaires are, what social media actually is. <laughs> and we'll, yeah, I mean, I, I, they're not asking people like us, you know, they're not asking people who actually use these products <laughs> for the, their intended purpose. Yeah, no, I, I do think we are seeing probably less of like that on faith goodwill to specifically like Elon Musk. But of course, we we always do see that that instance of like, Elon Musk is the one bad one. Like the other ones are good, but it's just Elon Musk, which is the bad one. But I, I do think like in, in specifically the case of Elon, the, the people that did those, what are his politics sort of thing pieces have kind of abandoned that position yeah. and either are like just on his side now because they can just kind of do that. They can just kind of be the worst people they want now. Or, or they're like, because I saw recently, like there was there was a post of some dude that was like, you know, I was rooting for Elon when he first bought the site, but like, yeah, he's bad. <laughs> so like, I think people are a little bit more willing the last couple of months to to admit kind of what he is and what he's doing. And I think specifically pr- from my perspective, because I I feel like a lot of the the major like Twitter discourse because of the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing for the last like year was has been a lot of transphobia. So I think when he started boosting Matt Walsh's um what is a woman documentary, like he he like quote tweeted it like twice and like retweeted it and like replied to it like multiple times. Like he went hard with boosting that. And so I, th- I think that kind of was like, oh, like people can kind of tell what he is now. Yeah, I think the mask is off. And I I mean Better late than never. I'm glad that people have kind of gotten there. But imagine if we had a, a tech press and a media who was asked, was like pointing out what was right there all along. And, you know, <laughs> we didn't get to this place where he, where we spent however many months being like, well, what does he really believe? You know, <laughs> I read this, this like crackpot idea that was like, oh, maybe he's trying, maybe it's a long con to act to say odious, transphobic, racist, messed up things to get more conservatives to buy electric cars to help climate change. (laughs) And it's like, how much mental gymnastics do you need to do until you just acknowledge this guy is not a good guy? This is what he (laughs) believes. It's not a long con. He's not playing like three-dimensional chess. He's actually not that smart. And this is who he is. You got to believe him. Definitely. And I think like a lot of like the more well-meaning like liberals, like I know um, like some uh, s- some people in in real life that were like, like, oh, Teslas are kind of cool. Like Elon Musk is kind of cool. And like they're just like, like and these are like not very online people like two, I'm thinking of two specific people, not very online, but like they thought Elon Musk was cool. They're, they're like well-meaning liberals, like, you know, Biden voters that are like Biden's cool. Um, but they're like, I deleted Twitter. I, I'm never getting a Tesla. Like, so it's like people are, you know, they are kind of realizing, um, but but he is going. That's but as to what you're saying, he is going into that conservative market because that's really all he has now. <laughs> like because he's highly politicized himself at this point. He's destroyed the goodwill that he's created that was like not really political, but just because he was like an eccentric, or he, at least he he had like good media coverage for years before of just being like that eccentric billionaire that's trying to save the world. But he's kind of destroyed that which i'm kind of thankful for that he's he's finally destroyed that like insane goodwill that he got from the media 
Homeboy got booed at a Dave Chappelle stand-up special. Like, yeah. is there an audience more primed to be receptive to his bullshit? And they booed him. I always forget about that. That's like that was one of the funniest like early Elon Twitter things. I think that's a. Uh, I think that was a setup. I think Dave set him up. I think Dave knew. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's Dave Chappelle's talent. What he is good at is reading a crowd, knowing how they will react to things. And he did not properly <laughs> introduce Elon so that they definitely wouldn't boo Elon. I think he knew what he was doing and he was probably feeling like... Because there are ways, if you're on stage like that, there are ways to introduce people that are sort of considered more, you know, uh, sort of padding, sort of being like, hey guys, got a friend I want to come out here. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. But, he, but he, uh, uh, Dave in that clip is like, He's cool. He's smart. He's funny. And he's the richest man in the world. Mr. Elon Musk, come on out. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he he knew what he was doing. He did not think. He he kind of it was a I think it's a high level troll. I'm thinking five beach eyes out of Dave so, Chappelle there. Something that you just reminded me of that I haven't thought about for months now is when when people started making fun of him for that online, he he responded to like a tweet about it and it was like, well, actually, it was like more like 37% of the audience booing and the rest were just cheering and you just couldn't hear it. Like he made some like weird Only bullshit 15, up. 15,000 <laughs> people booed at seeing me. Automatically yeah. booed my appearance. Yeah. Uh, so probably good. You know, 35% of a crowd of 40,000 uh, didn't uh, automatically vomit when they saw me. So I think, I think I'm doing great. <laughs> Like, yeah. I never thought about this Dave Chappelle setup theory, but I think you might be <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, I, I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of believe it cuz like I don't think Dave Chappelle's a dumb dude, but he's you know, I mean Dave Ch Dave Chappelle has been someone engaging in like that like new modern transphobia as well. Um, with some of his bits. Oh, yeah. I don't think so, he like, disagrees with Elon politically or anything. I just okay. think he didn't care to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very funny how bad it, it worked out for Elon. Yeah. I just, I just, I'll never get over how, like, the the only thing he said in the microphone was, I'm rich, bitch. Like, come on. <laughs> also, what, <laughs> come a, on, what a hack. Like, you're a transphobe, and also the one thing you can think to come up with is saying his, Dave Chappelle's, like, biggest catchphrase, like, you're gonna be a hack on top of everything else. <laughs> like at least say like he could have come on stage and done like a I identify as you know the one joke oh, the one yeah. joke he could have done that and he probably would have gotten cheers for that but he didn't even do that. Even if Chappelle had been like uh, I'm gonna bring a guy out he says he identifies as a comedian something that he could have <laughs> there there were things Dave could have done and I think he knows he could have done them and he chose not to. <laughs> I, I choose to believe that uh, that theory you have. I think that's really funny. June, do you ever think like this? Is, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but like how it's like they have one joke. I see this on, in the Elon Twitter days. I've seen this more and more and more from like I, transphobia is abhorrent. But also the, the, the recycling of a joke from the premise of like Ace Ventura from like 1992 or whatever. It's like get new yeah. material, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the funny like paradox. I don't know if paradox is the right word, but like the the funny aspect of this is like some of like the the like 
like most hardened people online, especially these days that you'll come across are trans people because we have just been, you know, constantly shouted at and like all these horrible things. So when like someone comes into the replies with the one joke or like something like that, it's just like, I'm not even like mad. It's just like, <laughs> this is sad, dude. Like <laughs> you're going to start replying with notes. Like here's how this joke could have been better constructed. Yeah. I've like done stuff like that before. Like there was one time where, where someone just was like, you'll never be a real woman. And I was just like, I, I think I said something to the effect of like, how do you like, <laughs> I was like, how do you feel like, do you, do you, does your personal life feel more fulfilled after saying something like that to me? And he deleted the post Ooh. and I checked his profile and he, he posted something like I've, uh, you know, I've I've said a lot of hurtful things. I've I've done some reflecting, and I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Like this dude, this this one time, this dude was like, you know, I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> I was like, goddamn. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 I have a long history of uh, engaging with uh, evil people for a long period of time on the internet, uh, DMing them, going back and forth, making friends with some of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you do sometimes just have to be like, Hey, have you ever considered that other people might feel as much and similarly to the ways you feel in situations? And they're like, Holy <laughs> fucking shit. Oh my God. They've, they've never considered this thing called like empathy before. <laughs> like a lot of these yeah. people. I mean, I've literally had like, conversations with like schizophrenic guys who are like i am diagnosed with schizophrenia and i'm having an episode right now how are you tonight and i will be like <laughs> hey man pretty good what's going on and then like we end up talking and i'm like yeah you know maybe you know maybe even if we do live in a simulation maybe the simulation is set up so that if you're nice to people it works out for you and they're like oh shit yeah what if you nice max your way into success <laughs> Yeah, like, of course, it's not always the case because some people are just inherently awful and contrary yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and will yeah. just say awful things. But a lot of the times, like, I've, I've come to realize, like, people are just, like, incredibly insecure and, like, unhappy with their lives and themselves. So, the like, the one way they'll feel things is to say awful things to other people and try to get a reaction because that's that that's the uh, you get like the the serotonin um from like notifications you know like you get the responses you get people yeah. that you can be like oh i owned them so like sometimes i'll just try to cut through that and be like bro are you how do you how's your personal life dude yeah what <laughs> like, would your you what would your grandmother say if she read what you just said yeah exactly <laughs> those kind of questions i think are really it, does, it doesn't uh, always really work important. but no. i'll just yeah occasionally i'll just be like damn would you say this to your mom? Like, <laughs> there's a, I don't know. There's a, there's a double-edged sword there because I think certain types of people feel like it is a, uh, like an easy dunk to just be like, hey, act like a human for like the next hour and see how it feels. But it works, you know, um, and it's very satisfying when it happens in real life. But I, I think that's why certain, I don't want to like hate they're just like podcasts that aren't really for me, but there are certain like they started like seven, eight years ago, 2016, 17 um, podcasts that were like, I just asked a normal person what they think. And this is what I learned about them or whatever. There's a bunch of them. The two I'm thinking of are beautiful anonymous with Chris Gethard and uh, conversations with people who hate me. Um, and, 
both of the, it's like nice to try to humanize these people and talk to them. And a lot of the times, like especially on conversations with pe- people that ha- who hate me, this was like a podcaster, actor, Twitter guy, activist, uh, gay Latino who would talk to just people who had said like hateful things to him on different comments and social media and stuff. And a lot of the time they came away and they're like, oh, maybe I'm not as homophobic as I thought or whatever, which is nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's just not the kind of content that I always like. And I think that it's, uh, if you can get into the trenches and start like legitimately doing your best to change people's mind, there's something very uh, gratifying, very uh, uh, empowering about it. Uh, definitely don't like like my 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 opinion on that is like i don't spend a lot of time doing it because like you're just going to waste your time if you try to do that for everyone but occasionally like i don't know there's just something about like certain replies where i'm like oh this dude is just like sad this dude just is trying to feel something Yes. Um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's all I was going to say, basically. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I used to spend a lot of my time trying to do that work of, like, changing people's minds and spent a lot of time having conversations with people who hate me, even though they weren't. It wasn't a podcast that I was on. I was just doing it for fun and for free. And I guess today I just feel like I'm exhausted. We're all exhausted. If people feel like they can do some good in having those conversations, more power to them. But it's just not my ministry. And I, and I almost feel like, you know, I, I agree with you, Wack, that like, I think that as a format of a podcast, it, it, it feels very 2010s to me. This idea that we should be spending <laughs> yeah. our time like trying to change hearts and minds one bigot at a time. It's like, I have my life to live. <laughs> I have stuff to do like... If you want to do that, that's great. But I think that's kind of like lived its usefulness. And I think the usefulness of that as a practice was like very of an era. It feels to me a little bit like um, the conversations after the 2016 election, which were like, mm-hmm. who are these Who are these Trump voters? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'm not interested in having that conversation. They should have, you know who they should have asked when they were like, oh, here's a guy. He's a Nazi. And he's actually... Got kids. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> he loves to go to this cafe. Like he 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 has a community. Damn. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, and it's like they should have just asked people like us. They should have asked internet uh, uh, cretins who have been dealing with these people for decades and just been like, hey, what's the deal with all the Nazi guys who voted for Trump? And it's like, oh, don't do not talk to those guys. Do not pay attention to those guys. Um, oh god you missed a good a good opportunity for a Seinfeld impression like what's the deal with all these Nazis <laughs> but no yeah I, I kind of agree with that where it's like with Bridget where it's like you, you can't there's literally never going to be an opportunity to rationalize someone like Elon Musk or Matt Walsh out of their positions they're not interested in like be be like rationalizing out of where they currently are like especially with like people like matt walsh where they have a grift to sell where they're where they're selling they aren't being rational so answering what they're doing by being rational like they like the the whole what is a woman thing like the 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 entire like the entire conceit of like what is a woman asking somebody hey what is a woman that to me reads exactly in the same way that like dudes when we were in like fourth grade that would be like hey spell i cup 
And it's like, oh, why do you want me to spell that? And it's like, just spell it. Just spe- just, just spell it. And I'll tell you why. And it's like, somebody's like, oh, uh, what is a woman? And you're like, oh, why do you ask that? And they're like, you can't answer. You don't know. What's going on? You don't know what a woman is? And it's like, no, it's just a weird question. It's just a weird. Th- it sounds like you have other goals uh, when you ask that question. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, huh, this feels like it's leading somewhere, almost like it's a leading question or something if like you that. Ask, yeah, if you ask something really obvious, if I was just like, okay, Bridget, describe the color red, you would not be like, uh, you know, it's on the high, low end, high end of the, the visual spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you would be like, why do you, what, what? <laughs> It reminds me, this reminds me of my like favorite TikTok where it's some, they're at a protest or something and some provocateur goes up to somebody and says, are there, how many genders are there? And he just says, I just got here. I don't like, know, I just got here. I love that response. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that, that reminds me of um, one of the like actually really funny things that Biden once said, like he was asked that, that same question, like how many genders are there? And he was like, at least three. And it's like, damn, that's kind of like hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of rocks. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's definitely three. I At can, least three. I can say there's definitely three. As far as I, I, I like, I, I would like to see. Um, I would like to see Biden go the other way with that, and uh, then start like keeping a checklist of what are the real neo pronouns, what are the accepted neo pronouns, and what are not. Yeah, it's gonna be like the debate stage. It's gonna be him and Ron DeSantis, and there's gonna be a gender debate, and he's gonna be like, my, uh, my. He's gonna start describing all the the the, the, the what do you call it? The neo, the xeno pronouns. Is that what they're called? I forget sometimes. Neo uh, neo pronouns. The neo pronouns. Yeah, he's gonna just start listing them off, and and Ron DeSantis is gonna get pissed the fuck off. <laughs> it's it's Z and Zer, Jack. It's 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 G <laughs> Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we respected the Z gyms. These days, these days, Ron DeSantis can't 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 stop hating on them. I don't know. I, I don't have a good uh, Biden impression. I don't think I don't think we're gonna have a good Biden impression. But it is like a yeah yeah yeah. He's I, I would like to see him like specifically say it is not a pronoun for a human, Jack. You can't identify as it. It's that's not fair. <laughs> um so bridget i would also like to ask you uh, i don't know if your dms are open or what is your sort of engagement interaction etc uh looking like on twitter yeah these days or in general these these days it's it's minimal i mean i i just can't it's just like not something that i can justify voluntarily spending my time at you know and it's like like all of us, I'm I'm definitely too online, and so I'm I'm trying to like, kind of wean myself off the muscle memory of just going to Twitter absentmindedly, <laughs> and it definitely has left a hole in my you know digital diet. But you know I, I'm walking on there, I'm just I'm just I get so enraged at the stupidity of the replies that I am seeing that it, eventually it's like comes to a point where it's not good for me. So I'm spending less and less time there. I told myself that if I'm I'm not going to tweet about anything important. It's going to be only like shit posts and housewives and <laughs> bad food opinions. And I will get my little engagement needs met that yeah. way. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, 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 it's no longer a platform where I'm bringing any of my real yeah. stuff. You're really smart for that. That's very, that's probably very healthy for your, for your mindset to do that to yourself. <laughs> 
Well, otherwise, it's just me scrolling and like screaming, like, did you see what this guy posted? Like, I just get so, I get so angry. <laughs> exactly. It's totally out of self-preservation. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing a little bit of that, the, the quote, tweet, dunks and stuff. And every time, this is the thing, this is what I have seen as being like, like, to me, I kind of knew as soon as Elon bought it that the Nazis and stuff would, would definitely be around. But to me, the most annoying thing is that, like, a lot of normal people have just left, just aren't using it, just aren't really uh, engaging with it, like you, Bridget. And the, um, the, the, Difficult thing is that the people who are left now are just so like even left wing people, even normal people, um, are just the most like cantankerous, annoying pedants. <laughs> and that like yesterday, I I I had a long a long uh, back and forth. The uh, past couple days, actually, I've had long back and forths uh, with the Irish. Um, for the my crimes Irish. against the Irish, the Irish community, the Irish community, <laughs> the Irish, the You're Irish not are not happy with me. <laughs> um, yeah, the Irish are not happy with me, uh, but I still. <laughs> what did keep... you say or do to to get their their? I'll Irish. tell you the. I'll tell you the. I'll tell you the the, the system of events there. Uh, number one. <laughs> I tweeted the joke. Uh, I am going to name uh, my kid Siobhan with the Irish spelling, and uh, I will uh, insist that everybody pronounce it as it's spelled. Uh, so it'd be like Siobhan or Siobhan. And uh, oh, is that how you? Is that how you? It, wait, how do you actually say that? Because I've seen that Sh- name before. Is it how you said it's, it? Yeah, Siobhan. Uh, it's Siobhan. Okay. And okay. I am like. <laughs> I, I got like one reply of somebody being like, I was actually beat with sticks for speaking Gaelic in my school. So <laughs> I don't actually find this joke very funny. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I wasn't at your school. I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't beat this dude with sticks. <laughs> and yeah, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and like apologize to the Irish community for erasing their language because People were like, yeah, you know, the British have been trying to erase Irish and Scottish native languages for decades and, 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 and truly millennia. And you and you are disrespect. And I'm like, hey, man, I uh, <laughs> I was making a joke about the name Siobhan. And <laughs> I'm not like a linguistics expert or anything. I don't know. And also, like, I'm American. And this is what I tried to explain to the guy. I'm like, hey, I know that happens in other countries. That has not happened in America in my lifetime kids don't get in trouble for speaking another language at school i understand that that is a part of america's history that is not a part of my lived experience or anybody who's my age or knows or who has been to school in the last 30 or so years so it's just not something i would ever think about and he's like well now it's time for you to delete the tweet and apologize and i was like (laughs) no no (laughs) no it is not gold you, you I know. really like hit on something that this is my big spiel is that with so many people like normies leaving the platform or showing up less on the platform, the temperature has got turned up for everybody. So right, yeah. left, even people who don't necessarily like bring a political agenda to how they tweet. And so the the platform you know, used to have its problems, of course, but it was fun. You could make jokes. You could tease. You could like get a little joke in. And it just feels like now it is it is 
crazies, extremists, and scolds. And who wants to spend their voluntary off time hanging out with crazies, extremists, and scolds? <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, well, they're I think... like pissed off because, like, and, and this is what I have. Why I didn't really engage seriously with it, and I kept making jokes about the Irish. I said that uh, a modest proposal was spitting. Um, I said that uh, uh, I did see that post. I was I wasn't sure where that came from. Yeah, I said that I was. Uh, I, I I explained that I am mixed race. I'm half Irish, half human. Uh, Jesus Christ! So you were just leaning into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, my real name is Irish. My white side of my family is all Irish. And I thought it was funny. And I've made so many jokes about Italians. I never got their panties in such a twist as the Irish did over <laughs> one little thing. Um, but yeah, it's like, but if- it, it, it's so, it's, it's so like, you're like, there are people who think that Irish isn't a real language and they shouldn't be allowed to speak it. Those people actually exist. They are in the government in Britain. But the people are, like, on Twitter, they're like, I bet it's I bet it's this guy. I bet the guy with the cartoon <laughs> profile picture is the one beating children with sticks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I-, I wanted to actually go back because I think, Bridget, you kind of hit on something that is, like, kind of a symptom of... And I, maybe this is just kind of, like... Um, because of where I really started to pay attention, like really intensely to online discourse. So maybe it's been like this longer, but like, I, I feel like it's been more of like a Trump era, like 2015 sort of 2016 spawned phenomena where like everyone is just on edge a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, like everyone is just like, uh, like the, the, I don't I, like people are angry more. People are just more willing to get into like spats with each other. Like, I don't know, like today um, there was on, I don't know if you guys are on Blue Sky very often. I, I think me and Caleb are really the only ones. Uh, I get in on here there. That, you know, I try to occasionally. use it. It's, I'm still on yeah, Twitter. So, <laughs> I'm still doing Twitter. I, I mostly do Twitter, but okay, I, like I'll do like Blue Sky as well. But like today, um, there was a there was a really intense um, Blue Sky discourse about how like like about drill, like the the you know like drill went the 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 Twitter poster the one of the most i guess well-known twitter posters and like you'd think like it wouldn't be that intense for especially a platform that only has three hundred thousand people and like is mostly left-wingers but like i don't know like it's it's really a shame that people like and we're all victims of it and we all perpetuate it and, and i'm not excluding myself of course that we we're just all on edge and we just cannot wait to like get mad at someone and I, I don't know i feel like it wasn't as much like that pre-2015 and i don't really know why like i don't know what spawned that oh i completely I feel agree. like people are just more confrontational these days i think it was trump a lot of people that i've talked to for the podcast and like who researched this have really said that something about donald trump just turned the temperature up on everything and that was what i mean as awful as trump was for so many reasons Everybody got so shitty on Twitter. Like people start people who like used to be making jokes would be like, I have something important to say. Tweet one of question mark, question mark. You're like, oh god damn, a long ass thread. Like, really? You know, people would do the like siren, like all caps, like everything just got so intense. And I honestly think from the last like 10 years that we've had, people are exhausted, on edge, fed up, rightfully so. But I think that we don't have the we don't it, like the idea of lashing out at like institutional forces seems too big and too lofty. So we get on Twitter and scream at each other, right? And it's like that's yeah. all we yeah. have. It just feels like an empty response to the institutional or systemic forces that we wish we could rage at, but we can't. So it's like 
I'm going to scream at this woman who tweeted about having coffee in her garden, you know, or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. I remember that, that was one. unhinged. Yeah. That was really not normal. <laughs> yeah, like, like, people have lost yeah. it. But yeah, that's, that's very, that's so true. Yeah. Like we, I, I think you're, you're so right about like the, it, cause everything feels hopeless. Like, I mean, I don't think it is hopeless, but it sometimes can feel like it is like, especially for, for people on the left and I don't know, may, maybe in other political ideologies, but of course we're on the, the left, but like with, when Bernie Sanders first lost, like I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in 2016 and in 2020, like in, 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 both times, especially like after he lost, it was like, oh, goddamn, maybe uh, like maybe the centrists are right. Maybe nothing truly can get better, you know, sort of thing. So it's like we turn on each other. We start to do the not 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 to give validity to exactly what he said. But like, I, I think it was one of Barack Obama's uh, like advisors would talk a lot about like the circle firing squad. I forget who that was, but like we kind of like it, there's kind of some truth to that where like we kind of do do us circular firing squad like because we have no like what what else can we do like we can't like force biden to like forgive student debt like how are we going to do that we can be mad at like the coffee garden person because it's easy she's right there we can just quote tweet her well yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you're spot on but it's also like really the the third option would be to be regular, you know, is to not. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess being online like this isn't very regular because, like, of course, there there's stuff you can do in real life, and uh, people should be doing that. People should be doing activism in real life and going to like, I don't know. People have a lot of complaints about DSA, but DSA does do a lot of pretty good things in local um, regions. So like, there is stuff you can do, but like in in terms of online in the online space and era, it's like. People would we'd used to say like oh posting is praxis and it's like I kind of don't believe that as much anymore like I don't really th- like I think posting can be influential uh, but I, I don't I think, think that's the, the end all be all I think you I have think to the, like in, like the praxis benefit of posting is that you can um, you can like get used to talking to people who don't agree with you on every single thing because you might be in a friend group in real life where just you guys all basically think the same way. Um, I think that's much more all, uh, common in in the real life space than it is online uh, just because of where people live, where they work, and you just tend to interact with people who think the same as you. I think posting is really good to hear what other people say, but it is not a good place to be productive get anything done (laughs) talk about anything useful what i will say though is posting is actually pretty decent for community building uh like i mean i've met a handful of people and and helped organize like real life stuff just through twitter so like it is a useful tool it is a very useful tool uh for especially leftists but I, i i think treating it as like the end all be all of like praxis like you you have to go beyond just posting you know yeah, I think that, I, I mean, you know, we talk so much about social media on here. We're not telling you to stop using it. But I also <laughs> think... That, I know, I never will. Um, I also think that, I think now is a good time for people to reflect on what brought you to social media. For at some point in your life, if you're over, say, 25, um... At some point in your life, you made the decision to join a social media site. You were against it for some reason, and then you chose to join it. Think back to why you joined it. 
And I think that's a really good uh, uh, just mental practice. Practice For me, I joined Twitter to find other people making fun of conservatives. That was my whole reason. <laughs> and uh, and since then, I have made a lot of friends and 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 started a podcast and and met people in in the real life and it's been very rewarding. So I did not join it to um uh uh get called slurs to engage in uh bad faith arguments to uh give uh schizophrenic weirdos the time of day. Um <laughs> so those are the things that you have to sort of like Take a second. Have somebody in your life like I have. I have my wife who is not online at all. Um, and What a beautiful thing. I'm so happy for her. Yeah, so I told her this whole thing. <laughs> I told her this whole story about the Irish thing. And she was like, number one, you brought this on yourself. Number two, I think some of those Irish guys have a point. <laughs> you just got roasted dude. and i was like roasted. yeah so i called my dad today and i told him the same thing and he was like well that's interesting huh because those cultures have really suffered a lot especially like because of british <laughs> colonialism i was like don't you start to so your don't. whole family was like you're wrong and they're yeah, right yeah, yeah. you need to apologize <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do that though but i will um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 you need people like that. I'm not going to delete the tweets or apologize or anything, but I will say that like I can absorb the perspective from my loved ones that uh, maybe not everybody is going to see it the way I saw it. You know, maybe some people will not be so happy to hear that. Um, my wife is also Italian in heritage, and so she felt like <laughs> this was my comeuppance for uh, denigrating her people as often as I have. <laughs> uh yeah no i th i think i think having an offline like being offline is is pretty healthy like n knowing people that aren't as online as we are like i i think bridget you being mostly offline now probably has done wonders for your mental health yeah i mean i I, I'm still online a little, but I've definitely made very intentional steps to be offline more. Uh, it's been good. My partner is pretty offline. I think that one thing, kind of like what you were saying, I would explain, like, do you know when you're explaining like a, like a piece of drama that happened on Twitter <laughs> to somebody who is not on Twitter and you have to start in such a weird place to even like catch them up and you can tell while you're explaining that they're like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah there'll be times where i'll like try to because my, my girlfriend is also mostly offline especially off of twitter so it's like whenever like if i'm explaining it to her or like other people in my life that are more offline i'm like i start laughing at myself because it's like what the fuck am i talking about here like this is like insane yeah so <laughs> like, i have I, I have less of that and it's brought us i think closer and it just helps me be more present yeah, I think, you know, being present and also being able to, um, like, not alienate. Like, that's part of being present, right? Is you're not alienating people with, like, hey, man, I know everybody's talking about Barbenheimer, but what else you got going on? And they're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you... <laughs> and it's, like, it, it, it's, it's a thing where you, yeah, you do have to step back a lot of the time. I mean, we all... The, the the common joke around the uh, the bean dad got milkshake duct stuff. It, it's like the same <laughs> God, thing. I you know? about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the classic classic bean dad. Um, 
Yeah, the, it, it was that was like a good point of self-reflection. My uh, my view on social media in general is that there are like good things that happen on there, like generally positive things. And so like Absolutely. the Bean Dad got milkshake duct thing, I think was a really important moment for people online where they were like we have turned Twitter into a a sort of gatekept club that only the weirdest people are allowed to be successful on. <laughs> and we should, by rights, acknowledge that to at least each other, if no one else. <laughs> and I I I hope I think that with with Elon owning the platform now, I think there are normal people starting to get into it. And my gauge is always for this kind of stuff is always my mother, who is uh, like a big MSNBC, CNN type of lib, and she like a year ago was like, "Isn't it so?" Uh, maybe not a year, maybe two years ago, she was like, "Isn't it so cool that SpaceX got this new?" Uh, 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 agreement with the with NASA. It's a public-private partnership. Isn't that so interesting? And I was like, <laughs> no. No, it's not interesting. <laughs> that guy's a monster. <laughs> and she was like... And look at where we're at now. Yeah, and, and now she's like... Elon is he? He's a Nazi. He's a pedophile. He's one. He's not good, right? He's bad. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's bad. And she's like, okay. Uh, and I think <laughs> it's it's there has been a big shift. He has definitely lost the mandate of heaven from the like oh, yeah. mainstream media, which is so funny because five years ago he had it from everybody. He had it from me. Uh, I would see him in interviews. He's like, yeah, we're gonna build these things. It's gonna be cool. And then the interviewer was like, how soon? And he's like, well, sooner than you might think. And I'm like cool guy <laughs> whatever i don't know and then and then he yeah. was like hey what do you think about trans people and he was like um i think that we must preserve the future for our white children uh, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that yeah that's it's fascinating i think about that often about how he had so much goodwill from from the media like everyone loved this dude but it's he's destroyed it so so effortlessly it's it's kind of fascinating he should have stuck to just the cars and the spaceships. I think. Yeah, he you didn't. He didn't have to become buddy buddy with Catter too. He really didn't have to do it. <laughs> Although they're not buddies anymore. No, they're no, not friends anymore. no. Friendship with Catter too has ended. <laughs> um, so uh. the last like big thing I really want to say about the state of social media, I think, is that as people start to exit from. Twitter. And I think when these things have happened, if you um, were, I know you all were, and I was, uh, but if any of our listeners were um, a part of the sort of social media wars following the up and coming success of Twitter and Twitter's IPO and then Snapchat's IPO, um, just the deluge of, of social media sites. I mean, We've all, at various points on this show, made predictions about what we think is going to be successful or what we think is going to work. But I think the thing that the users should keep in mind, the thing that all of us should remember is, like, you can't change the world by posting. You, you simply cannot. And so try to find a reason to use it that isn't, um, isn't some sort of higher... Uh, goal because if you have higher political goals or social goals you should uh talk about those with real people uh not 
guys with cartoon avatars who uh, infuriate <laughs> the Irish on purpose. You should um, <laughs> you should talk to them. Uh, you should talk about it with people in your community. And so, like, I I really want the people who already know this piece of information to internalize it that you can have a greater degree of control over the people who live next door to you than you do with your Twitter mutuals because the people who live next door to you have a lot more in common with you uh, than your Twitter mutuals uh, that you don't actually know anything about. Like if you're my mutual, you probably don't know my name or what I look like or where I live. So those are like things that matter. And I, I, I don't know what you guys think. I'll ask you guys what you think. But like, wh- what do you think should be the outcome of this, uh, this, 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 this shakeup in the in the social media uh, platforms? Bridget. Yeah, it's a really good question. I have to tell you, when you said that we should think back to when we first got on social media. The very first social media platform I ever got on was MySpace, and I got on it because I saw my <laughs> college roommate on MySpace, and one of her friends was Tila Tequila, and I thought Tila Tequila was really pretty and cool, so I was like, I got to start a MySpace so I can talk to Tila Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about her. Yeah. We all know, I mean, it, it, it had a weird, like, yeah, it, it got weird with her, but um, yeah, I think to your point about where this where this kind of moment in tech takes us, similarly, I think that we should think about when we when when folks think about like what a fulfilled and meaningful life looks like, really think about what that what that is for you, right? And so I think that for most people it is more IRL time with your community, your friends, family, more experiences out in the world. And then realize that the people who have been kind of tasked with designing our tech futures that's probably not what their version of a happy, fulfilled, meaningful life looks like. And so I would say, similarly to what you just said, Wack, like really think about the kind of future that that we want for our lives and the kind of future that folks like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos want for our lives. And if those don't seem aligned, really think about why that might be, the ways in which they're not aligned, and how you might intentionally make sure that you're, you know, really putting your energy into creating what you think your life should be like to have it be fulfilled and meaningful. Because I'll tell you, when you listen to some of these guys on tech podcasts, like Elon Musk on tech podcasts, talking about (laughs) what he thinks a good life looks like for the future, I can guarantee you what he thinks is a good life and what you think is a good life are two different things. And so you really got to ask, do you want this person, you know, driving you to what that future looks like? I would argue no. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great. I think that's a great point, June. What do you think? Where Where do you think this leads to us going? So, yeah. So yeah. Again, going back to here, like the the first thing that brought you to social media, like my my presence mostly on social media now is like I do do like some political. Like I do a lot of political. It's my my presence is political, but like I mostly do jokes now. But when I first got on uh, social media, like Twitter specifically, I would post like I, I was posting during the the twenty twenty. Um, primary like the democratic primary um so it was like much more focused on on like real life um type of you know like elections hoping hoping for you know pushing pushing the country to the left so 
I, I would say like there, there's so much labor action going on right now with like we talked to Ify, um, I think maybe two months ago when the writer's strike started about like the the type of negotiations they're they're asking from in Hollywood. And now the the actor strike is going on. Like it just started, what was that, like a week ago? And there there's so much they're like, there's so much really good labor um strikes going on right now. And then the UPS, as you mentioned earlier, I think it's probably gonna start in two weeks from this point. Like I, I feel like in this point in history, the labor for the left has never been stronger. There's never been a better time to get involved with labor action, labor strikes. So I would I would recommend if if you if you got on social media to advocate for a further left or like a, a better future for workers and and minorities of any of any group, like especially with with the labor action going on right now, because as as we all know, a lot of especially like groups like the UPS, a lot of these laborers are not like upper middle class type folk. It's a lot of black people. It's a lot of Latino people. It's a lot of trans people involved in the, like the, these groups. So I, labor action has never been better in this country right now. There's so much opportunity to, to strike or to support laborers. Like the, there's, there's still the railway strike going on, I believe, or I don't know if it's a strike, but the railway action, I mean, there's, there's, there's still, so much Yeah, I mean, there's um, still conversations labor. around the rail stuff. It didn't go away because Biden stopped the strike for Christmas time. Um, right, that's true. And I, But it's never, basically, my point is it's never been better for, like, left-wing labor action in the country. Like, there's so much happening right now. Yeah. I definitely want to uh, wrap up here, but I also just wanted to, you made me think of something, June. Um, I've been helping my brother move the past couple days, and he have been, he and I have been spending a lot of time in a, a truck. And, uh, we were talking, he told me he saw this like series of YouTube videos that he found really interesting about like how uh, cultures function when counterculture doesn't exist. And it was this whole like unified theory about the United States in 2023 about like how we have silenced a counterculture and therefore ruined uh, the, the progression that our culture can do. And I, I, actually don't agree with that at all um and i think that there is definitely a counterculture that exists and it is being held by the working class it is being held by racial gender sexual minorities it is being uh, uh, uh maintained by communities of people who work in restaurants warehouses and things like that and and just because it isn't there's no mtv that's going around talking to warehouse guys <laughs> about like why they're a felon doesn't mean that those people aren't like countercultural. and so many just because i've worked in so many restaurants my family a lot of my family has worked in so many like workshops and warehouses and stuff like this is very much the world i've lived in and i i i, I want people to feel like our own interactions our own uh, lives can be lived in a way that that changes things and that improves the world for ourselves and others but that isn't done online that doesn't happen uh on the <laughs> on the same place where cat turd 2 complains about how he didn't get thirty thousand dollars yeah <laughs> but but i will clarify but uh that it is social media is a great place to start like meeting people that you can maybe actually trust in real life like i've made so many friends from social media um like twitter specifically so like it, it's it is a useful tool but don't put your entire like don't put all your stakes into yeah. it you know yeah yeah absolutely 
Yeah. All right. So, uh, Bridget, what do you, what do you what would you like to plug? What do you want to what do you want the people to know about? Ooh, well, first of all, this was so fun, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Um, of course. Folks can listen to my podcast on iHeartRadio. There are no girls on the internet where we're exploring the internet, social media, uh, and technology through the perspective of folks who are usually left out of those conversations. Um, it's been interesting doing the show without being on Twitter as much, but it still gets done. So we would love to have <laughs> you there. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, please do. Thanks it's for coming a, on. This was a pleasure. Yeah, I'm so glad you came. It's a great show. I hope you guys do listen to it. I've listened. Uh, I haven't listened to the new season yet, but I, uh, I'm a huge fan. I think uh, what you guys are doing is really important. And oh my stuff gosh! Thank you so much. I'm so flattered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to flatter you a lot more uh, once the uh, recording <laughs> stops, but uh, I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, so thank you for listening, um, and we will uh, we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>